0: Welcome back to the Girl Scout Troop Leader Experience podcast. This is your host, Sarah Heater. And recently in the Facebook group, I made a post asking if you could ask me anything and have me address it on a podcast, what would you ask me? And this episode is one of those questions. All right, I'm back. I'm going to be answering one of Andrea's questions from the Facebook group today before I get to that though a little bit of housekeeping first of all you can hear I've been on meetings all day so I'm losing my voice a little bit but I'm doing my best I am definitely going to be covering a lot more answers to your questions I still have so many questions you guys submitted that are so good that I really want to cover so I'm going to be doing more question and answer ask me anything themed episodes and in addition, I do have another mini series coming your way, which is going to be like history oriented, Girl Scout history oriented and Girl Scout tradition oriented. I am going to talk about Andrea's question. She actually asked me several questions, I guess. So two of the things that she asked about were the pros and cons of do's and also drama free ways to collect money. <laughs> the pros and cons of do's. So I'm going to say some things that kind of come to mind. A major pro is that it takes the pressure off of cookie season. So if you're a new troop and you have not collected any cookie money yet, or if you are an existing troop, then you have collected cookie money. But if you only rely on product programs, so uh, cookies and or fall sale, That can be really stressful and overwhelming for the troop. And it puts so much pressure on having a really like extremely successful cookie season. So that will then fund you for the rest of the year. And dues kind of helps like have a baseline so that cookie money supplements that. And cookie money can be for like those bigger things, whereas dues can kind of handle the sort of more administrative, like basic expenses of running a troop. So that's sort of my general view on the pros of dues. One of the cons that immediately comes to mind with troop dues is that they are not enforceable. So speaking of drama-free ways to collect money, there is a little bit of drama in the fact that you actually cannot enforce dues, meaning girls and their families cannot be penalized for not paying dues. You cannot exclude a girl for not paying dues. She still gets to show up and she still gets to participate as a full member of the troop without paying dues, right? And so um, just being a member is enough to mean that true money is true money, and whoever does pay dues, that covers the rest. Now, you are allowed to charge dues. You are allowed to collect dues. You are allowed to remind people of dues. You're just not allowed to have any repercussions for not paying dues. And I think that this is a con from the standpoint of um, if somebody doesn't want to pay or if nobody wants to pay, you really can't enforce it. I guess it's kind of a pro because it creates a more inclusive environment. <laughs> it's not that I disagree with whether it should or should not be enforceable. It's just that it makes it a little bit harder to count on that money if if you don't know if people are actually going to pay. So for my troop with troop dues, we implemented troop dues when we first started because we had not collected any cookie money yet and we needed money for supplies and whatnot up front, I figured out what money, what that level should be by asking, of how much to charge basically for dues, by asking my service team manager, my service unit manager, what, if she knew what was normal for dues in our area, and she did because she is the queen of Girl Scouts in our area, (laughs) but she told me that most people in my area where I started my troop were charging $50 to $100 a year. Now that was so much higher than I expected it to be because having come from working for my council several years ago, I know that our financial support in our council will only cover up to like $15 or $25 in dues. So I had only ever heard $15 or $25 as the maximum amount For a dues amount. And so to me, $50 to $100 sounded like a ton of money. But I did have a troop in a relatively well off area, a pretty privileged area. And if that's kind of the normal going rate for (laughs) troops in my area, then I felt like we could do that. So what we did was $50 for the year. Now you can collect dues for the year, you can collect dues for the semester, you can collect dues per month. You could collect dues per meeting. People do it all kinds of different ways. I've heard a lot of people say like a dollar per girl per meeting or five dollars per girl per meeting or two dollars per girl per meeting or whatever. Five dollars a month, ten dollars a month and ten dollars a month over the course of a year or a school year is going to add up to fifty to a hundred dollars, right? Like that doesn't actually make it sound crazy, but just in one go, it sounded like a lot to me. Now um in hindsight and with a little more experience I can also say okay compared to any other activity that girls are participating in any sports or clubs or whatever $50 for a year of girl scouting is really not very much um so you know it's all relative and I think I was coming from being a person who personally is not very well off I was not raised by a very privileged family and so um for me Going to one session of Girl Scout camp per summer was a big thing my family saved for to be able to send me to Girl Scout camp. And Girl Scout camp, compared to any other camp, is very, very affordable. But for my family, that was like a really big expense of my family each year in order to be able to send me to Girl Scout camp for one session a summer. And so to me $50 for a year of girl scouting for dues seemed really really high. And I only want to emphasize this because if you hear that number and you have sticker shock, I completely understand and agree. So, what we did was $50 dues and I would always emphasize to people to the families each year when we would do $50 dues that um dues were $50 and that um They could be, um, if they were interested in financial assistance, here's how you apply. I did not ask people to have to reach out to me to apply for financial aid. I made sure that they just had the information up front. Knowing that if they applied for financial assistance in my council, even if they got approved for the maximum amount, they were never going to get approved for $50. But whatever they did get approved for would be better than zero, right? So I went ahead and just made that available to them. And then I also said, we can work with you on payment plans, like dues are due on this date, but if you need um, payment plans or extensions or whatever, like let's talk about it. And because of establishing that flexibility right up front, I will say we had virtually no trouble collecting dues. Almost everybody paid by the initial deadline with no issue or objection. Um I did have people who occasionally would reach out and ask, "Hey, can I make two payments? Can we do half now and half next time or whatever? No problem. Um, I did have one girl one year who applied for financial assistance, and so we did not uh, we did not charge her dues. Anyways, all of that to say, I really did not have trouble collecting those dues, so it was very, very helpful. And a lot of troops will do... Dues only their first year, and then they do not continue collecting dues in subsequent years because then they have product program money. My troop did choose to continue collecting dues because we were not extreme cookie people. I wanted cookie season to be fun and educational and skill development. I did not want to feel like our entire troop's livelihood was dependent on cookies. So by charging dues, we could have a full year of Girl Scouts without selling a single box of cookies. And that way, any cookies that we sold could go towards bigger things, bigger trips, bigger camping, um, bigger overnights, um, and uh, bigger celebrations and parties. Like it just made everything kind of leveled up depending on how much money we made from cookies. And so I really liked that. Um, I think that there is a lesson for girls in money management in understanding that when you go to make money or to save money for something big that you first have to pay your base expenses, but that also is very depressing, (laughs) right? That's like a really hard truth about life that um, we don't start with like a a base (laughs) universal income. So anything that we make can't go straight to saving for a big trip or something fun. It has to start with what are our basic bills. And so the equivalent in Girl Scouts is like, you know, basic supplies, badges, etc. Especially when the girls were younger, like, yes, there is value in that lesson. Also, it's like a really hard lesson. (laughs) So having that base money from dues really allowed us to use that for badges, etc. And then the money that the girls made for the extra bigger things. So anyway, that is what I, my initial feelings on like pros and cons of do's. I do think it can be a deterrent for families who don't feel like they can pay. And so, you know, the way that I approach it is just making it accessible from the get-go. So even talking to people during recruitment or expressing interest in joining, I would always say, this is what dues are. Also, no girl will ever be excluded or treated differently um, dependent on paying dues. So there are options available, including financial assistance, payment plans, and also dues waivers. So, you know, we'll work with you no matter what. And I would just, at the same time as I introduce the fact that dues exist, I would go ahead and acknowledge that. And for me, we just never had a problem collecting. I think if you're in an area that you know is less privileged, if you know the bulk of the families um, really don't have the funds, then to me, it's more important that those girls get the Girl Scout experience than to collect dues. And so the Girl Scout experience does not have to cost a ton of money. And I think finding ways to do things at low cost or no cost in order to keep the expense down so that families can participate and the girls who need it the most have a safe space to grow and thrive as girls, that is going to be more important than dues every single time. As far as drama-free ways to collect money, Somewhat, this is going to be counsel dependent on what the stipulations are of how you can collect money. When I did it at first, we would collect through checks or cash only. And that was a little bit difficult because, um, like, taking personal checks from people is always a challenge, especially if you don't know them and it's a brand new relationship. Like, generally speaking, you should only ever accept checks from people that you really know. And, um, and that goes for during cookie sales and stuff too. Checks is just, it's just a slippery slope. Now we never had issues, thankfully. Um, but we did get the option in my council. once you could take credit card transactions for cookies, we could also take credit card transactions for things like dues. And so that helped. And then eventually we got to the point where we were also allowed to accept things like PayPal but you just need to find out what is acceptable in your council because for a while we could not accept PayPal explicitly. We could not accept PayPal. Then we were allowed and I actually do not know what the current policy is. So if you're in my council, like, <laughs> make sure you get permission before you do it because um, you just want your funding. You want your money and your books to always be really, really clean and above board. So you have to make sure that you're able to do that. Some councils may be allowed to use things like Venmo, etc. In my council, we were not allowed to do that, at least at the last time that I checked. And so you just want to find out what is and isn't allowed for you. I loved having the opportunity to use PayPal once we could do that because then it was really easy for me to just see the money come through and I didn't have to make the extra stop at the bank and everything like that. Everybody wins. But um, I mean, for me, money, collecting money through cash always worked fine. It just caused an extra stop at the bank. So, I don't really have drama that way. I don't know, um, I guess, drama-free ways to collect money. I'm not sure, like, what um, what kind of drama you might be thinking of. I'm, I'm trying to think if I'm, like, missing something obvious. But, yeah, so that's kind of my thoughts about how to collect money. Now, um, Andrea did go on to ask, you know what, I'm just going to cover, like, a couple more things, Andrea did ask about no-shows in the midst of this, and also, should cookie money be split evenly among levels in a multi-level troop? And um, I have talked about th- this a little bit before, but I'm going to go ahead and address it in this as well. I'm assuming that when we talk about no-shows here, we're still talking about when it comes to funds. So some troops charge people um, for RSVPing, that they're coming to an event and then not showing up. There's like a no-show fee. I know other people charge a nominal fee to families who RSVP regardless. Like if you RSVP, yes, you pay a fee. And then if you show up, you get your fee returned, right? And so it's like a hold fee kind of a thing. And if you don't show up, then that money gets um, deposited into the account. So some people do it that way. I honestly never did. I did not have a huge problem with no-shows. It happened, of course, but honestly, like, I just, uh, it was maybe inconvenient or disappointing or it cost a little bit of money, but it was never um, a big enough problem for me that I just felt like it was some kind of massive deal breaker or frustration on my part. Uh, It was something that I could kind of chalk up to if, if it cost money and the girl didn't show up, then it's just an expense of the troop. Like, It was never a huge deal. That would be a bigger deal if it was something expensive. (laughs) Um, So if you paid for, let's say, like a $45 horseback riding spot and that girl did not show, that would be a bigger deal. But honestly, in my troop, if we did something that cost that much per head, then we probably would have charged a nominal fee anyway. So um, they would offset the cost normally. So the way that my troop handled that would be like, let's say horseback riding was $45 a head. Well, our dues were only $50 per girl. So that would take like literally the entire like base budget. And so yes, we had cookie money and stuff too, but to offset it normally we would say like, oh, $15 or something. And that also gave them buy-in where if they paid that money, they were more likely to show up. Now there were definitely girls whose families did not pay that fee they RSVP'd yes, they said they were going to pay, they never paid. You cannot hold them to it and you cannot penalize the girl. So um, that gets a little tricky, but no-show funding, like having fees and stuff like that, that works the same way troop dues do from the standpoint of if a girl cannot, if a girl's family cannot pay it, you cannot treat the girl any differently. You can't exclude her, you can't force her to pay it. If the troop chooses to participate in that activity, you can ask people to contribute money toward it. But if a girl cannot contribute, you cannot exclude her or keep her out of it. So it just goes against everything that Girl Scout stands for. So for me, I just kind of like shifted my entire mindset about it. And we just, you know, considered it a contribution if they did pay. And um, most of the time people did because they wanted to contribute to our troop experiences. And if a girl didn't, I just honestly did not even spend another minute thinking about it. We just moved on. Um, if this is a consistent issue in your troop that people are RSVPing, yes, and they're not showing up, then we need to go back and revisit that previous Q&A response that I said about the same kind of idea of girls not showing up to troop meetings, which is that, um, I would look closer at the culture of your troop and your communication um, and see if there's a way to kind of close that gap so that the participation is better. And then as far as cookie money being split evenly among levels, (laughs) this is something that you also want to address with your council before you make any kind of like decisions. But I've talked about how my troop did it in several episodes in the past, but For the most part, uh, my troops split everything evenly, right? That is like the above board way to do it. We did reach a point where the girls were old enough that they started having a lot more participation and involvement in their budgeting and in managing their troops finances. And um, so the older girls kind of worked out the system where there was a base amount of cookies sold that went evenly distributed to the whole troop. And then anything above that, we would be able to contribute to that specific level. And then kind of the idea that we would create equal experiences for all girls who participated. So for one thing, if there's a sixth grade specific activity, then the third graders also have a third grade specific activity. Now, sometimes the sixth grade activity is going to cost more money because they can do a bit more um, according to the safety guidelines. Than the third graders can. But the third graders would still have that to look forward to when they got to sixth grade, that this is something that sixth graders do. So that's sort of how we worked it out, is that uh, we try to keep things as even as possible, that the level of experience that a sixth grader would have is going to be equal to the level of experience that a third grader has. They're just maybe sometimes participating in different activities. And if that was ever not true, where the sixth graders, for example, in my multi-level troop would plan a sixth grade specific out-of-state trip together, just sixth grade, then um, the third graders have that to look forward to when they get to sixth grade, right? So that's kind of how we did it um, as far as like, to me, that's still sharing the cookie money evenly. But I guess that is somewhat open to interpretation and you don't want to get in trouble with your counsel, So You just always want to make sure that you are running stuff up the chain. But generally speaking, the short answer is yes. Cookie money needs to be split evenly among all girls. So a girl in your troop is a troop member. Troop money is true money. And that's it. So even if you have a girl who sells zero cookies and you have a girl who sells um, 6,000 boxes of cookies... those two girls get treated equally and they participate in troop events equally. And um, I've talked about this before, but the balance for that from Girl Scouts is that uh, everybody has different abilities and bandwidths to contribute to the cookie program. Some girls have really supportive, available family that wants to participate in the cookie program, and some girls just do not have that. And so in order to balance that discrepancy, while all girls get to participate in equal experiences at the troop level, individually they get different levels of uh, incentives for product programs. So they get different girl rewards. So those like stuffed animals and beach towels and things like that. The girl who sells 6000 is earning things like a Broadway show or a trip to Disneyland or whatever. And the girl who's selling nothing gets nothing, right? So those individual girl rewards are supposed to offset that um, counterbalance for um, the girl who sold zero to still be able to participate in the troop totally fully. So that's how Girl Scouts tries to balance the fact that the girl who sold in this example six thousand she did do a ton of work for that, and her family did a ton of work for that. And so, do they deserve for that to be acknowledged? Absolutely. But the girl who sold zero most likely. That was not her choice. <laughs> we don't penalize her and we don't minimize her potential experience or her potential involvement for things beyond her control. So generally speaking, yes, cookie money is split evenly among all of the girls in your troop no matter what, um, no matter their participation and no matter their level. But in a multi-level troop, we, we did say that we can... Um, kind of try to create equal ex- equal but different experiences for the different levels. So that's what I've got on this week's QA episode just covering kind of money topics. Thank you, Andrea. If you have questions that you want me to answer, I am still working my way through a bunch of answers in the Facebook group, you can join the Facebook group at Facebook.com slash Girl Scout podcast. And there's um, that's the page, but there's a little button on there to join the group. Or you can send me an email, Podcast at gmail.com. So if you're not on Facebook or if you don't want to post it publicly or something like that, you can send it to me via email. All right, Podcast at gmail.com. I hope that this podcast is helpful. All right, I'll talk to you guys soon.